What is up, y'all? It's your boy. It's your boy. It's your boy. Shave the mohawk, take the Jordan tattoo off your calf, and play some ball. He's the best to ever do it. It's that simple. Then go up there with the 12th man, the 13th man, the 15th. You can bring your grandmama's choir on there. Nah, but for real, you gon' have to see me. Everybody wanna be famous, but nobody wanna put the work in. know what time it is the quinn mayo podcast wizards mavericks tomorrow night with a minute we've got a jam-packed show for you guys today oh it's gonna be so so incredible but kanye please just give me a verse i'm sorry she don't believe in shooting stars but she believe in shoes and cars wood floors in the new apartment couture from the store's department all right kanye all right kanye all right all right all right all right thank you guys for tuning in to the quentin mayo podcast like i said we have a jam-packed show today i am your humble and gracious host quentin mayo at the real quentin mayo on twitter and on Instagram, and oh, in less than 48 hours, ladies and gentlemen, we have Wizards basketball once again. Now, I'm calling this the Megapod, and here is why. I got one of my good, dear friends, close to my heart, Brendan Smith, host and founder and operator and owner of the DMV Sports Network. He jumped on, and we talked about tomorrow's game for about 25, 30, maybe even 35 minutes, so you're going to want to stay around for that conversation, but what makes this podcast the megapod is because i sent out a tweet and i said guys who wants to be on this show today who wants to talk wizards basketball who wants to talk the season opener and i had so many of you all reach out to me so i have a lot of you guys take you sent me your takes i dissected them i broke them down i inserted you into this podcast so without further ado i'm already talking too much sit back relax and enjoy the show the season is here and once again i'm quentin mail from the wizards outsiders on nbc sports washington also founder owner and operator of the mayo please sports network so you know where to find me sit back kick your feet up enjoy the megapod kanye man he's a genius isn't he like a flight with no visa first class with the seat back i still see you in my past you on the other side of the glass of my memories museum i'm just saying hey mona lisa come home you know you can't roam As without I caesar recall, I, know you love show. I am joined today by a great friend of mine uh, we've been connected on Twitter for quite some time now. We supposed to, we should have done this podcast a long, long time ago. But hopefully, this is the start of something new in my high school musical voice. This got my guy, man, Brendan Smith at Threesis Trist on Twitter, the founder of DMV Sports Network. Brendan, how are you feeling today, my man? I'm good. You know, I'm really just excited for the NBA season and for the Wizard season, most of all, to be back. I mean. Last year, I just got so just disinterested because I finally had it with how things were running. But, you know, fresh group, um, you know, some fresh faces. So I'm a little bit, uh, you know, rejuvenated. And I'm actually excited for some Wizards basketball. I think we're going to have a fun squad this year. And that is so crazy to think about. And I'm just going to actually know before I jump into it, because I really want to get started. But you're right. Let me let me do this the right way. This podcast is a preview podcast of the game tomorrow against the Dallas Mavericks. But I'm also going to feature a lot of you guys' take. I put a tweet out on Twitter 
to get your guys' opinion on, you know, what is going to happen tomorrow night. Do you think they're going to win? Do you think they're going to lose? So I'm going to incorporate that either before or after this segment of the podcast. It's going to be a mega podcast, I'm calling it, full of everybody's content so everybody can get um, their take heard on the podcast. But now back to the original point. Yes, you're saying excitement. And who would have thought without John Wall, without Isaiah Thomas right now, without Troy Brown Jr., without CJ Miles, we're ex- with Isaac Bonga starting tomorrow. We are excited for the season. That's such a crazy, crazy, crazy thing to wrap your head around. But that's a testament to the work that Tommy Shepard has done since he's been here. The work that uh, Ted Leonsis has done since he's been here. Well, since um, Ernie Grunfeld was removed. And I think a lot of that has to do with Bradley Bill signing that contract extension to make Wizards fans feel a little better about things, at least for um, a short amount of time. So let's just hop right into it. What did you think immediately when you got the news that Bradley Bill signed that contract extension? Um, I was honestly, and we talked about this a little bit on um, a podcast I do with my buddy Frank, the house team on the side, if you guys want to go check it out at some point um, before the game. But um. I mean, it surprised me, but it didn't. I mean, he again, he spent his whole career here, you know, and um, he said several times that he wanted to make it work here. Uh, you know, his buddy John Wall still here. I mean, I really, truly think that they want to run this back and see it through. So um, in terms of that, I wasn't surprised. But then, you know, on the other hand, I kind of was just because, like, we just absolutely do not know, like, what the Wizards are, what their true direction is. Right now. Like, like, they can say they're improving and all that, but with Wall and Beal on the roster, like, the expectation is that you are going to compete. And right. they're just not really in a situation, you know, to compete, you know, maybe this year and then next year. I mean, there's even bigger question marks for next year. So, I mean, a little bit of yes and no, I was surprised. But, I mean, I'm extremely happy it got done. I want him and Wall both to retire Wizards. I mean, they deserve it. Absolutely. And correct me if I'm wrong, or actually just clarify for me, were you ever – on one side or another, meaning did you think that the Wizards at some point had to trade him? Are you, were you a part of that crowd or were you saying, no, Beal's going to sign this, bring him back long term, you know, because I'm and I'm going to to premise this argument. I was one of those guys that, like you said, I want Wall and Beal to retire Wizards. I think this is a great backcourt. The House of Guards, they have had so many great memories. I think they definitely needed to run it back next year just to make sure but at some point the longer the wizards waited you know they were playing that game of if they wait and bill doesn't sign this extension you get in his contract year and it's like okay well the the thing we kind of have to do is trade him because we don't know you want to get the most that you can for him so did you think or were, did you ever lean heavily towards a well he's probably not going to sign this extension because he has a lot of other options and the wizards have to be realistic and get what they can for him Call me crazy, but I'm a guy that believes if you have a talented player that you would like to keep him on your team. And he obviously was never like, you know, I want out or anything like that. If anything, he was like, no, keep me, but we need to make it work. So uh, my personal belief is you want to keep guys like that around your team. So, no, even if he didn't sign the extension, I still wouldn't have traded him unless you get further into the season or whatever. And he's like, yeah, you know, maybe I want to get something else. And then out of courtesy for him, then maybe you make a move. But, no, I mean, he's a talented player, um, one of the best two guards in the NBA keep him gotcha gotcha all right so I promised that we wouldn't talk too much about the contract extension before we started because that's a a horse that we've beaten for the last four or five days because we've been so excited but let's get into the nitty-gritty game one tomorrow 8 30 7 30 I think it's an 8 30 tip off in Dallas 
um, wow, the Mavericks last year, they won, they went 33 and 49. I mean, Luka was the MVP, but they're a totally, I mean, he was the rookie of the year, excuse me. I might be doing a little foreshadowing. He was the rookie of the year last year, and now you fast forward and they're a completely different team. They added Porzingis to that roster. They also have Boban, who's my personal favorite. They brought back Seth Curry. So the starting five is probably going to look a little like Porzingis, Doncic, um, you got DeLon Wright, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Dwight Powell. And you got Seth Curry coming off the bench. Or he might get the start. Who knows what they'll do. But what do you think about this Dallas Mavericks team in general? Um, do you think they're going to really boost their win total um, with the addition of Porzingis? And then the second question I have for you is, do you think the Wizards realistically have a chance to beat this team tomorrow? I think first and foremost, the Mavericks are a team that, again, technically was really without its best player last year in Porzingis. So you're adding him back into the mix. But personally, I I think the Mavericks are kind of, I mean, I don't want to say stuck, but I kind of think that's just where they are in terms of the Western Conference because they really, I mean, Porzingis, we don't know what we're going to get. Doncic, as good as he is, is still going to be a second-year player. And then the rest of the roster is kind of just meh. So, I mean, I like them. I think that tomorrow, I mean, you know, they'll be at home. Um, they'll have that home crowd, and I think a lot of their players will do solid things. You know, DeLon Wright kills us. Tim Hardaway Jr. kills us. Um, Dontage, obviously, an incredible talent for Zingas. Um I, I mean, I do think that the Mavericks come away with a win tomorrow, as much as I want to say that. Um, or as much as I don't want to say that, rather. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it'll be a little bit maybe closer. I mean, to get Bradley Beal. Thomas Bryant. I mean, I think that's enough to at least stay in the game with this team, but I think that there is a lot of inexperience on this roster. I'm still a little bit skeptical of Scott Brooks, um, Scott Brooks' X's nose, so I think that the Mavericks will come away with this one, but it wouldn't surprise me either way. I mean, these are both teams that aren't like, you know, going to make you sit back and go, whoa. I, I mean, but they're competitive teams, and you know, Rick Carlisle's an excellent coach. So. Absolutely, and what do you what do you think about Porzingis? Now, this is a guy that, you know, went healthy, which is kind of his stigma that he can't stay healthy. He looks like he's he's extremely impressive. He's the reason why unicorn is a is a word used to describe some of these really tall guys that can stretch the floor. I personally really like Chris Stops. I love what he did in New York and uh, the Knicks. Are they going to be the Knicks? I mean, we could talk about that an entirely different podcast for an, an entire day. But I think he really adds another level of 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 scariness to this to this Dallas team who won 33 games with just Luca. I mean, you had Dirk on his like reunion tour or retirement tour, excuse me. But Luca to be that young and to produce how he produced last year, I think you add Kristaps to that mix. That's that team is actually really scary to me. I, I think May the, the little like meh. I, I don't know that that's the correct way to describe it. I mean that team could be really dangerous. Why do you think they're just meh? I think that team is pretty good. I mean, Porzingis and Doncic are fine, yeah, but then, like, you look around um, the rest of the roster, like, Jalen Brunson is a fine player. Tim Hardaway Jr. is good, but he is such a liability on the defensive end. Uh, we don't know what Justin Jackson really is. Like, he seemed to have some good days in Sacramento, but, I mean, they obviously moved on um, from him for a reason. Claver uh, is a fine player. Uh, Boban isn't, I mean, going to help you. Seth Curry's a fine bench player, yeah. Um but, but, I mean, again, he's never a guy that, like, on a true contending team has never really been a part of a rotation. Uh, DeLon Wright is a fine gap point guard, I think, until you can find your guy to take over there. Because even though Doncic will be a main ball handler, I don't technically think that they're calling him as, like, the point guard. Um, 
and then, I mean, just the rest of their pair, like some guys that are okay. You know, Dorian Finney-Smith, J.J. Bray at this point in his career is just kind of meh. And Courtney Lee has been all over the place. So, I mean, it's just like I'm, I'm just not too impressed with this team. But in the league of duos, though, like the – We've gotten away from the super teams and we're going to like the two guys that can carry a team. You're looking at Luca, who obviously was the rookie of the year last year and played darn well. Like he at this point in his career, which is really early, you've got people sitting up going to bat for him, possibly being an MVP in this league in the future. But not even looking at Luca necessarily. But like him combined with Porzingis, who's averaging he averaged what, 22, um, I think seven and uh, two, back when he was with the Knicks, like that duo could be freaky good, freaky good. Like I think when you have a strong enough two, one-two punch, I think they have enough around them to be a decent supporting cast. Like the supporting cast isn't trash, but I think the, the one-two punch, when you have Luka who's dynamic on, on the offensive side of the ball and Porzingis who's not just only going to, you know, post you up, he was averaging two and a half blocks when he was in New York. And he could stretch the floor. He can bang on your head. So he wasn't just an offensive killer. He could play some defense too. I think that one-two punch is just really, really good. And I think your your surrounding pieces don't have to be crazy good to, to be decent. But they are in the Western Conference, which kind of throws a wrench into everything that I'm saying about how good they can be because they have to be really good to get in that top eight spots in the West. Right, and that's my whole point. Like in the East, yeah, they're probably like a top five or six team for sure. Um, in the playoffs, you know, potentially maybe even a top four if Doncic and Porzingis turn out to be all that. But you know, just in terms of the talent that they're going to be going up against and being compared to it, like I mean, the Warriors, even without Clay Thompson, um, I mean, you know, the Rockets, they just don't compare. I don't think right now. Yeah, uh, down the line, I definitely think they have a brighter future than most. But just right now, I don't think that they're there yet. Yep, I feel you. I do agree with that. But enough about the Dallas Mavericks. This is a hometown podcast. Okay, this is a Wizards podcast. Let's talk about the guys here at Capital One Arena. So Scott Brooks came out today and he said, you know, here's our starting five for game one of the year. And boy, uh, Ish Smith, Bradley Bill, Isaac Bonga, Rui Hachimura, and Thomas Bryant. I don't even know if I have a specific question. Just give me your thoughts about this starting five. Just And, and more specifically... Isaac Bonga, and go. Well, uh, first and foremost, let me ask you this, because I haven't been paying attention too much today on Twitter because I've been at work. But it, So Isaiah Thomas is not playing tomorrow, right? I know Scott Brooks said he would like to have him back for the first week, maybe, but I think he said he likely wouldn't be playing tomorrow. So is that correct? Do you know? That is correct, but then I also heard IT come out and say that he's clear to play and that it's looking like he could get some burn tomorrow. So they're both kind of going, they're combating each other with their statements because Scott Brooks says one thing, like it's it's more likely than not that he'll play. And then IT is like, well, I'm cleared, so I might play tomorrow. But then IT also went on in a few of the post-game presses and said, not post-game, practice press conferences, and he said something about he is good to play this week. So I'm thinking we're going to hold on to the, to the, the word of week and say that he's not going to play in the season opener tomorrow. Yeah, so I think that once IT is in a rhythm that he'll be the starter. So, I mean, point guard, Ishmith, I mean, that's the best option to play. You're fine with that. Bradley Beal, fine. I mean, small forward, we're going to be without C.J. Miles. I'm assuming Troy Brown is not going to play either. Right. So, I mean, Isaac Bonga, um, 
yeah, you know, at that point, you're trying to balance out units. You don't want to put, like, Jordan McRae in there because then you need um, a scorer off the bench. And you don't want to put Admiral Schofield on there just because, you know, you may need that, that bigger body off the bench, you know, give him some minutes there. And then, you know, Hatchimore and Bryant, I mean, uh, that's what I wanted it to be. A lot of people said uh, Hatchimore can play the three. I personally would not be comfortable with putting him there. I yeah. think he's a four, and then I think he's a five in small ball lineups. His ball handling and quickness are not there um, to be a three, in my opinion. So I like the starting five for um, the open with the bodies that they have available. Yeah, I do agree. One thing I did, I definitely didn't want them to do is put Hatchimore at Hachimore, excuse me, at the three. I think that stunts his growth a little bit. I think he is a natural four. I think he should stay there until you, like you said, he improves his quickness laterally, his his dis- decision making, his first step, all those things to become a three, maybe. But I think four is perfect for right now in his career. Don't stunt his growth and put him at a three and have him playing out of position. I don't think that would have been good yeah. in the long run. I would have loved to see, you know, kind of like a three guard. It's a few teams around the league that do the three guard thing. I think it would have been funny to see Ish Smith, Bradley Bill, and uh, Jordan McCray out there. And you might still see some things out there because who knows how many minutes uh, the three guard lineup out there, who knows how many minutes Isaac Bong is going to get um, to start off. Right. So I think it'll be interesting to watch that. My thing about Bong, and I know he's just a, scot- a stop, a stop gap excuse me right now until you know cj comes back and obviously troy brown jr comes back but with isaac i think i'm one of those guys who have viewed him as like what is he really good at you know what i'm saying like yeah like everybody on this roster from top to bottom for the most part has a trait that you can say okay he does this is smith is a, one of the fastest point guards in the league to be quite frank but he can play make bradley bill can do pretty much everything but he can shoot very well um Rui he has size he can finish at the rim and that mid-range is pretty much money and Thomas Bryant I mean he led the league in uh field goal percentage inside the restricted area last year as well as the two-point range so everybody has kind of like their thing Isaac Bonga I just this whole thing about like he's an empty canvas and he's athletic and he has size and people are saying like he just he's a treasure chest waiting to be open I just don't see it with him just because he doesn't have a skill like being tall is not a skill like being athletic is not a basketball skill you know what i'm saying it's like he can't really shoot well he's not great on defense he can't penetrate the lane he's not a great finisher he's just athletic kind of in long like long term what do you think isaac bonga could be and i know i'm kind of picking hairs here because this is the wizards and he's a guy that came over in a give me trade from the the lakers but what do you see in isaac bonga well, I think this, um, the answer kind of depends on what they do um, at the point guard position because a lot of people will say Bonga is a natural one. I think he could be kind of like how Sadoransky was brought in. Like Scott Brooks wants him to play a wing, but his natural position is the one. He'll eventually transition to the one, but then his minutes will be spotty. And then maybe eventually down the line he gets the backup point role, um, but then they maybe eventually just move on from him. That's how I kind of see it. Um, if he does pan out to be a wing, you know, he has a chance to be on this roster for, um, you know, a couple of few years to really make an impact there. But uh, it, And I know they, it was a why not kind of trade over the summer when yeah. they um, made that trade with the Lakers, but I just don't see how he fits on this roster incredibly too long-term because they still have Troy Brown. Um, you know, you figure they may draft a wing or so. I mean, they have Admiral Schofield. So I just, I'm, it's hard for me to see like long term where he fits with the team. Yep. And I do agree with that as well. I mean, we're pretty much on the same page. But one thing I'm really excited to see um, tomorrow, and this is, let's kind of get back into the flow of what we'll see on the floor. Um, we get to see Scott Brooks kind of 
coach. And I know as weird as that may sound, like we've always been off the on the soapbox of Scott Brooks has been a beneficiary of having elite talent at most positions. I mean, you go from having Russell Westbrook, Kevin Dar- Kevin Durant, James Harden, all those guys in OKC, and then you come to DC, you have John Wall and Bradley Bill. But now it's just Bradley Bill and it's a bunch of guys. And now we're going to be able to see like, okay, we've been critical of his his um, his offensive philosophy. We've been critical of a lot of things that Scott Brooks has done. But that's kind of because it was more of like, give the ball to my best player and then let's work around that. Well, now you're seeing a lot of different things going on in terms of a lot of dribble handoffs around the perimeter, not seeing as much pick and roll just going on to the, the ball is moving around the three point line. The, the ball, it's a lot of backdoors cutting and screening and reading, reacting. And I noticed the Wizards, I think the Wizards shot the second most threes per game during the preseason. So he's obviously doubled down on that. Um, emphasis of shooting more threes, but I want to see what he does with these rotations. Like you got a lot of guys that not every, not every guy on this team is great. Not every guy guy on this team is good, but they can play NBA basketball. So to see how he picks and chooses how to use these guys and how to use what lineups, I think that's going to be one thing that um, opposing teams are going to have to deal with. Because how do you game plan for Isaac Bonga, Rui Hachimura, and Jordan McRae? Like Jordan McRae is a bona fide scorer. How do you game plan for him just coming into the game off the bench and give you a quick 15 piece and going three for three from three point range? Like, I think this is an opportunity for Scott Brooks to kind of prove the haters wrong that have been critical of his coaching um, um, wherewithal and see what he can do with kind of a blank slate, an empty canvas of a roster and expectations. Yeah, I mean, um, and I said this on my pod as well. I was like, you know, if the opinion of Scott Brooks was that bad, you know, meaning like John Wall, Beal, um, you know, I'm sure it was a really collaborative discussion about Scott Brooks. If it doesn't, I mean, I have no idea what they were doing, but I'm sure there was a discussion. And I believe that if, if the reviews were that bad, that he would no longer be the head coach of this basketball team. So now Scott Brooks has a chance. And this is, to me, it's his last opportunity to show that the team can play with effort, can play defense, can move the ball offensively, because he has some personalities there that he can mold, right? All the bad personalities are out of the building. You have a veteran there in Bradley Beal that has been around Scott Brooks, will, you know, convince the other players around him to buy in. And we saw that with Thomas Bryant. So I think with all of that combined, there is no excuse for this team to at least not show effort this season. And like I said, move the ball offensively. Don't let the ball stop because they don't have any guys that can really get their own shot this year. They have Beal and McCray and that's it. So they're going to have to move the ball. And then defensively, you want to see them be active on rotations, you know, um, you know, be in guys face. Don't let them get open shots. So that's what you're looking for. It may not equal, you know, a bunch of wins, but you want to see them take that next step in terms of, you know, if they were doing XYZ properly and you can tell that it's a talent deficiency that they would be winning these games. Yeah, I do agree. And that's kind of where my mind has been going all offseason, especially after Bradley Beal signed that extension was, okay, Beal said he's here to run it back for sure with John Wall. He wants to be here for at least the next two seasons or so before he has that player option how important is it for the coach to be the right coach? Like, okay, they built this entire thing with Scott Brooks. Tommy Shepard likes Scott Brooks. Like you said, they've probably had many discussions about whether they want to keep Scott Brooks, but because they keep Scott Brooks, is he the long-term coach to 
to kind of be at the helm of what Bradley is looking for in terms of making his next move, especially when John Wall comes back, because this would kind of be a big L if, you know, John does come back, but Scott Brooks is still the guy. But is that predicated off of what he does with the team that is has a line of, what, 26 wins this year? So it's kind of hard to judge Scott Brooks either way off of what he does this season. But you want to make sure you have the right guy in place when you have Wall at full health next year. You have Bradley Beal returning, and then you have some cap space to play with in terms of a third piece. Not a third star necessarily, but a third piece. So it's going to be very interesting to watch how Scott Brooks plays out this year. Yeah, I mean, and I've said this too as well, like as much as I get on Scott Brooks because I really just am not a fan of the way he manages the game. But again, he's going to get a chance to prove um, everyone else who has that same opinion wrong this year. And I've said, I said this too, you know, if he comes out there and they really like, again, they don't have to win necessarily a whole bunch of games, but if they get guys to buy in, the attitude is kept at a high level. You know, you can see them building chemistry. The younger guys are getting better throughout the year. And then it carries into next year. I'm not, you know, saying they shouldn't sign him to some sort of extension or bring him back longer term because then you can say, well, okay, so he just didn't have the right guys in the locker room that were going to listen and do what the man said. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm not against him coming back for even longer. Uh, but, but I do think, again, if you see the defense, you know, guys just aren't knowing what they're doing offensively. The ball stops. I mean, I think this is going to be his last year. Mm. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Timestamp this one 22 minutes and 30 seconds in Brendan Smith with a hot take for your headphones but we will definitely keep an eye out for that one so let's kind of round things out here um what have you seen from Rui this preseason I know you haven't watched much but you've seen a few things from Rui this preseason heading into the season what have you seen that it has impressed you because you know me uh, when this entire thing went down, I was a huge Cam Reddish guy. I wanted Cam Reddish. I don't care that he was, uh, you know, not as good at Duke as he was supposed to be. But he also played with the, what, the first, with well, the second, the first and the third round, first in the third selection in last year's draft. So somebody's not going to get the ball and somebody's not going to be able to get in the rhythm. I wanted Cam Reddish. We drafted Rui. Okay, I'm starting to round into a believer, however. Not just being around the guy and him personally. He's a jokester. I love him as a person. Like, this guy is freaking hilarious. But he's been starting to look more comfortable on the floor. I mean, we saw him do some crazy stuff in FIBA, but he's going at Al Horford, you know, in preseason and making Al Horford look kind of foolish. And Al Horford is, was at, two what, two years ago, was a defensive player of the year candidate. He's a defensive anchor. And then he wasn't even afraid to go at Joel Embiid at some points. Um, in the, I know it's preseason, but these were meaningful reps. What do you think we'll see from Rui this year? Because I believe right now he's plus 800 to win Rookie of the Year um, with Zion going down or maybe plus 400. I have to double check that. But I think he can have a hell of a season this year. And I think he could easily average a double-double. Am am, you feel like I'm off pace with that prediction? Um, no, I mean... Rui is a fine player for right now, but in terms of like, you know, and of course he's a rookie, so I don't mean to like make it sound like he has to be this proven product right now just because he came out as a junior. Like, I don't think that at all. You know, he hasn't played basketball as long as some of the other guys that were in this draft, the draft class. So, I mean, I mean, take this however you will. 
Uh, I mean, he's a fine player. His mid-range game is nice. It reminds me a lot of Melo. And then, you know, um, one of my buddies, Darren, on Twitter, you know, he tells me, well, yeah, Melo was his favorite player. I had no idea. Wow. Because their mid-range game and the way they operate and get their shots is so similar. Like, I was like, yeah, that's Melo pretty much. Yeah. You know, he may not be as good of a shooter as Melo, but, you know, so you have a little bit of shot creation there. Um, his three-point shot needs a ton, a ton of work. His arc needs work, man. His shot is so flat. Um, defensively, again, he's really not that quick laterally. Um, he's going to have to work on that IQ stuff. And the paint offensively, he just likes to put stuff up. You know, at this next level, again, we're going to see Porzingis, um, you know, tomorrow. Boban Marjanovic. I mean, you know, down the line, Clint Capella, we're going to see at the home opener. And, he's, and, you know, Rudy Gobert, similar. guys like that, you're not going to be able to just do that when you get the ball in there. So you'd like to see his IQ improve a little bit. You want to see him know where he's supposed to be defensively. Um, offensively, just take shots, man, because you don't want to have a guy like him come in and just be shy either. Um, in terms of my predictions for him, I have somewhere between 12 to 13 points a game and five or six rebounds and maybe an assist. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying he can't do it, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to factor in how many minutes he's going to play. Um, this team is, a, you know, one that's going to share the ball, I would think. So, um, I mean, the numbers are going to be pretty spread around because, I mean, I'm giving the ball to Beal, McRae, and Thomas Bryant. So, mm. I mean, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And Bertans is going to need a ton of minutes. For sure. I... I've definitely seen um, some growth in his game since even the summer league. I mean, I've watched him. Yeah. I know when um, IQ is a question as well, but I, th- I saw him against the Knicks. I think that was the first preseason game. And he drove left and put a, a shot up on Mitchell Robinson. And Mitchell Robinson said, yeah, that's my ball punk and obliterated that thing. But then I saw him come back the next drive with Mitchell Robinson on him, or a few drives after that, knowing that he was going to go left, Mitchell Robinson was giving him a left, but instead of putting it up with his offhand, he bangs it on his head, and it's just like that adjustment mm-hmm. of like, okay, he's making adjustments, he's seen the game, he knows he knows what he has to do. I've seen him you know, take a three and miss it bad and then rein it in, and the next time he gets an open three, he's taking that one dribble into a more comfortable shot. So the guy is smart. I think he's not going to have a problem with developing his IQ. I mean, he played Gonzaga. He had a great coach at, at Gonzaga as well. So the guy knows the game of basketball to this point, and he's going to continue to grow. And then in terms of his three-point jump shot, I mean, this guy, I've seen him in practice this offseason nail like six seven threes in a row i've seen that arc improve but then he also had he's gonna have some lapses and this is gonna go for the entire season he's gonna have some nights when he's looking good he has that focus on his arc on that shot getting it up and dropping it in and then sometimes gonna revert back to how he used to play for the other you know seven eight nine years of his career so it's gonna be those times and that's any rookie but i i have seen him make a concerted effort to get that arc on his shot he had a couple threes i think three threes against philly or maybe two threes against philly some corner shots that were money they were wet and then he had a preseason game when he went one for seven from the free throw line because his shots were all short and flat so he's gonna have some growing pains but i think that he's going to be a good player i don't think he's an all-star or gonna shock the world like that but you need some good guys and he doesn't ever look necessarily lost out there he just looks typical like if he's bad he looks like he's having a bad game but it's not like oh this guy is wretched like we can't have him on the floor right now he just looks decent he looks decent he has size he can operate in the nba now he's gonna have some tests like you just said he's gonna have to go up against Clint Capella's of the world, the Rudy Gobert's, and you have to bang down low. But I think if he can 
I think the biggest thing I want to see from him is his finishing ability. I think he has he's pretty comfortable with that mid-range jump shot, but these aren't kids that you're going to play in college where you can just throw up anything off the glass and it goes in. You're going to have to be very strategic and you're going to have to go up strong. And I think he's going to have to he's going to struggle through that this year, but I will I'm I'm pretty optimistic about what he can become, but not to the certain point where I'm saying he's any kind of all-star or anything like that. So to end this podcast segment off, let's go ahead and give our predictions for tomorrow night. Now, I feel like I kind of ended on a downer because we were talking about Rui and what he can do. But honestly, I think this game is going to be closer than people expect. Now, I said, I want to say um, a couple nights ago at my job, I said, I think the Wizards don't start off 0-2. I think they either beat the Mavericks or they beat OKC in the second game. Now, this will be... You know, this is my bold prediction, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that they do beat the Mavericks tomorrow night. That is my prediction. I think they get one or the other. Now, Brennan, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, for the first three games, I had them starting off one and two with the win over OKC. And, okay. um, you know, their ceiling for this stretch was kind of two and um, was two and one. But yeah. I do think that they lose tomorrow. I do think that it'll be close like most opening games or that you would anticipate an opening game. You know, everyone's feeling good. It's a new year. Anything can happen. You know, that's why you play the games. But um, I think at home. The Mavericks will just make too many plays at the end. The Wizards, some of their wing defenders, will just not have an answer. And uh, the Wizards will start off the season 0-1. Though, again, it would not surprise me if they won this game. I'm really excited to see Thomas Bryant tomorrow. I really am. Do you want to see him shoot eight three-pointers like he did against Philly? <laughs> Don't care. If he's open, shoot it, brother. That's how I am with everyone. If you're open and you can shoot him, shoot him. I do, I do like that. I love seeing him stress the four. And I love the confidence Thomas Bryant has had. He's just shooting whatever, and I love it. Because this is a year you got to have some growing, man. Just do whatever you want. If I was playing right now, yep. you would have to, like, beg me to pass the ball. Because every time <laughs> the ball touches my hand, I'm like, bro, we're not going to win 30 games this year. You know, we won 30 games if we're lucky. So I'm shooting it every time. Like, a lot of these guys are just playing to be in the league. So we will definitely keep an eye out on that. Once again, I want to thank my guy, Brendan Smith, for joining me. Brendan, plug your Twitter and anything else you're working with or working on so everybody can find you and uh, follow you in terms of what you're doing with your career path. Yeah, I mean, just follow me um, on Twitter at Theresa Trist. Um, right now, my site, DMV Sports Network, is not producing writing content. Um, unfortunately, we had some staff turnover, and right now we don't have enough writers to put out that kind of stuff. So right now we're just sticking with our podcast. Uh, we have a Nationals one, a Caps one, a Wizards one, you know, Redskins one, whatever. Um, DC Sports, we have a Ravens one. Um, so, I mean, check those all out. And in terms of, um, you know, me, this is what I'm doing right now. I mean, I'm in college. Um, I will be going to the University of North Dakota next year. Um, well, I'm starting in the spring, but I'll be doing classes online. And then I'm actually going to be doing some um, some coaching and basketball operation stuff on the side while I'm there. So I'm excited for that oh, because that's, that's my uh, – yeah, that's my career path that I that I want to take. You know, so I'm taking, you know, a major that's going to have me lined up for something realistic. But in case something lines up to where I can get, you know, a coaching gig or something front office, then um, I mean, I want to have some experience with that as well. So I've already accepted like an assistant type role to do that as well. Well, insert applause here. I got to make sure I mark. Quinn, you're producing this show. I'm talking to my alter ego. Make sure you insert some applause right here because I did not know that. Congratulations, my man. No, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. Dang. So when I was trash talking you about, you know, out shooting you in the gym and being a better basketball player, you mean to tell me all this time that you're a coach and that you'll probably dog me? 
<laughs> no, I mean, I can't handle the ball. Again, that's like my downfall. That's why I didn't play college ball. Like, my handles are, like, not good. And I'm 5'7", like, I'm short. So, oh. I mean, one-on-one, -on -one, I'm probably not – yeah, I'm, I'm – yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm like, so, oh, like, okay, I'm good then. I'm 6'2", I got you. Yeah. In a game, like, I'm kind of used in the same way, like, Kyle Corbin. Like, I'm like, God, just set screens for me to come up, and if I'm open, I'll shoot it. But, like, you know, I, I, a lot of shooters, the best – like, a lot of people that can shoot but can't do anything else turn out to be, like – decent coaches uh, oddly enough like i talked about this with a couple of other coaches and like yeah man the ones that can't do it on the court are always the ones that are decent coaches and i'm like ah that makes me feel a lot better but yeah i'm excited for it yeah that's dope man so congratulations um y'all heard the man follow him on all his social media and we'll definitely this will not be the last time we have more because this is well overdue we'll bring him back soon so appreciate you my man yes sir thanks for having me First up on the docket is Monty Moss. Monty, what do you think this team is going to do tomorrow? How's this game going to turn out? Of course, we know for tomorrow's action that John Wall will be out with an Achilles injury. Meanwhile, Isaiah Thomas will be game time decision with a thumb. I'm taking the Dallas Mavericks in a close one against the Wizards tomorrow because I believe with Porzingis returning in his first game in a year, obviously him and Doncic looking good in preseason. Dallas Mavericks will open up at home. I think the crowd will be electric. I think the Wizards offensively will struggle knowing that Bradley Beal will be the main offensive target and trying to figure things out. Uh, I think that sooner or later they'll get things going with Scott Brooks leading them in charge. Uh, I want to say Mavericks 100, Wizards 87. That was Monty Moss, and here's my take. Monty, thank you for your take, my man. Quick response to that. 100 points might be a little bit too low for Porzingis and Luka Doncic. I mean, they got Seth Curry, too. Jalen Brunson looked good in preseason. This is going to be a really good game, I believe. I don't think it's going to be a blowout or anything like that, but he's absolutely right. I mean, going into Dallas for their home opener and the season opener, it's already a challenge in itself because Mark Cuban's going to have that place jump in Dallas. They love their basketball team. And on top of all of that, I mean, Bradley Bill, like he said, is the only guy the Wizards really have to fill it up. So I think it's going to be a challenge, but this is the kind of game that builds character, man. If they can go in there and get a statement victory right off the bat in Dallas, I think that is huge. That would be huge, but it's going to be very interesting to see also what happens with Isaiah Thomas. He's a game time decision. He said he's ready to go this week. He said he's ready to go, period. He's cleared to play. Scott Brooks has said um, that. IT looks good. He said he's more likely than not going to play, but we will see. But wouldn't that be something? We turn on the TV tomorrow, 7.30, game tips at 8.30, get an announcement that, you know what, IT's cleared to go, and he lights it up for like 25. Okay, I'm going too deep into that. Thank you, Monty Moss. On to the next clip. Richard Salgado, you're on the Quinn Mayo Podcast. Hey, what's going on, Q? This is Richard. Um, I just don't see the Wizards getting that W tomorrow in the season opener against the Mavs. Um, I just think that the, the, the KP and the Luka combination is just going to be too much for our team to handle at the moment. Um, I do believe that Bradley Beal is going to show out like he always does and, and put the team on his back, um, but I just don't think it's going to be enough to pull to pull away with that W. Um, but it is going to be exciting to see our young players develop like Rui and, and Thomas Bryan and Troy Brown anchoring that second unit, although I'm not sure if Troy's going to be playing tomorrow, uh, Tomorrow, but um, it's just going to be exciting how our, our bench develops and, and, and seeing them work together and become a more cohesive unit. So um, who knows? We might be pleasantly surprised at the end of the season when, when we see them playing together so but i just don't think them uh, i don't think they're gonna get that w tomorrow richard thank you my man um weird saying richard because my dad's name is richard the more you know that's kind of funny but richard man you gotta, you gotta i don't want to be weird but you got a voice for like uh, audio books or something you could read me as anyway richard yes <laughs> i'm crazy i'm absolutely with you richard it's gonna be a challenge it's gonna be a challenge but it's gonna be fun to watch these young guys 
go throughout the entire season and develop their game and develop their personal skills and develop as a team. So, Richard, I'm on the same page. That Luka KP 1-2 punch, oh my gosh, mama, those are some bad men. So we will have to see how that turns out. Like I say, I don't know if I'm gonna do put this portion before or after my conversation with Brendan, but I definitely think that the Wizards have a chance. I think this game is going to be closer than people expect. And I said that I think the Wizards will not start the season 0-2. So they either get this victory against Dallas or they get this victory over OKC the following um, night, or I think two nights after that. So we will see Richard Salgado. Thanks, my man. This man, shoot, he has a, a, a future in this business. Let's go. Next up on the docket, I got my boy Michael Rinker. Hi, I'm Michael Rinker, and I think the Wizards will fight hard in Dallas, but ultimately they will lose to the Mavs. Um, it'll be close throughout the game, and I'm excited to see how the chemistry of the team is like, as well as how new new pieces come in and contribute. Uh, I want to see Bradley do what he always does and take over for about five minutes of the game. And I'm excited to see how Roy Hachimura plays in his first career start. I think a large part of the game will be mostly how the team plays together in their first bit of action. And I think the Mavs will suffer similar challenges, but Luka and Kristaps will perform and ultimately, that'll be the difference. I think the score will be around 108-102 with the Wizards falling in Dallas. You guys are no fun, okay? I've had enough. Three of you guys have came on here, and none of you have any faith. None of you. No faith? No faith in the team. Everybody's lose, lose, lose. Poor Zingas, Luka. Ugh. Have some faith. Okay, Michael. 108-102. That sounds about right, though. That sounds about right. I just want my prediction to be right, okay? So you guys are absolutely, y'all might be on pace, but I want my prediction to be right. I want it to be Wizards 108, 102. But Michael, yes, will be exciting to see. Bradley Bill is due for one of those. I mean, watching him in preseason, he had a crazy game in New York um, during preseason, but he's struggled finishing for the majority of the preseason. He had some struggles finishing around the rim. I've noticed that early on. So hopefully he does take over for five, maybe 10 minutes if we're lucky. Um, just goes bananas and just goes crazy and shows us why, you know, he got that extension and why he's back in DC and why he's going to be here for the long run. But Michael Rinker, I do appreciate you joining me on the Quentin Mayo podcast. Thank you. Next up, Janelle Hendricks. Hey, my name is Janelle Hendricks from San Diego, California, and I see the Mavericks winning this game tonight by at least 25 points. And the reason being is because first, Luca, rookie of the year, and you got Porzingis on top of that. That's double trouble already on top of that. And then you got Seth Curry to add to that mix. I don't see the Wizards being able to stop that, and they don't have John Wall, who is also one of their main shooters. So... It's going to be very tough for them to get back into the groove of things and to also get this W at the end of the night. Mavs got it, though. Janelle. Jeez. Come on. I really thought you were, you know, I thought you were on my side here. 25-point loss? Come on. My heart really can't take a 25-point loss. But everybody is sharing the same sentiment, okay? One of these, one of you guys are going to say the Wizards are going to win. I can't be the only one out here thinking they're going to win. Please, show some faith. Janelle, you from you from San Diego? Huh. I'm trying I'm trying to go see California. We gotta link up. I wanna I wanna go to Cali. Next up, Eddie Hobbs. You're live on the Quentin Mayo podcast. I like doing that voice. I don't have a deep voice, so I like doing like cast. I like doing that voice. This is getting weird now. I don't know why you're still listening, but thank you. Eddie, take it away. I think that the Washington Wizards are actually going to come up with a win Wednesday night against the Dallas Mavericks. 
I really like the makeup of the team. I like Davis Bertans, Rui Hachimura. I like Mo Wagner. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. But what we've seen in the preseason so far is that this team's going to be a little bit more gritty. They're going to fight to the end in every game that we watch, hopefully. And I think that Wednesday night, they could surprise a few people and, you know, hopefully come up with a win. Yes, 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 yes. Eddie, I knew I liked Eddie, man. Eddie's just a good name. You never met anybody that's done you wrong in your life named Eddie. Like, I've never met a bad Eddie. You ever watch Ed, Ed, and Eddie? I love Ed, Ed. That's a great show. I love Ed. Eddie, thank you, my man. Me and you, okay, we got this thing. He says they're going to come up with a win. I think we're going to surprise some people. I do agree. I think I do like the makeup of this team, but one thing that I kind of take into account, if you relate this to football, okay, so one thing that you have in football is that when you have a rookie quarterback or a, let's say, a backup quarterback that comes in and takes over a team, it's hard to game plan for what you do not know. The less tape you have on an opponent, the better it is for the opponent because they have the advantage because you don't know what to do. You don't know who's going to show up. You don't know what what he's really good at. And that's kind of where we are with the Washington Wizards. Okay, you know Bradley Bill is going to go crazy. That's cool. But, yo, you don't have tape on, on Jordan McCray. You don't have tape on Rui. Well, you have tape on all these guys, but you don't have a lot of NBA tape on these guys. So I think you kind of throw them for a curveball, okay? You throw them for a curveball. I think this team surprised a lot of folks tomorrow night. Maybe it's because it's my first ever Outsiders episode, my first time being on television. So I'm optimistic that I'll be the good luck charm. We'll get a W. But I don't care, okay? I have some optimism. I know for one thing, they're not starting off 0-2. So me and Eddie, we're on the same team. Everybody else been saying Luca KP, Luca KP. Brennan even picked Luca and KP. Whatever. Okay. I hear y'all, but I think this team got it. But we will see though. You got, I mean, Luca and KP is a nasty combination. I mean, those are some bad men. But thank you guys so much for sending in your takes. I don't want this to be crazy long. Now, this is a megapod, but if you sent something in or you were interested in getting on this podcast and your take was not capable or able to be featured in this show, do not fret. We have 82 games of Wizards basketball to talk. So this is not going to be the last time I do this podcast. I'll be doing post-game recaps and all that stuff to do some videos on YouTube. It's going to be a lot of content, so your chance will come. I just want to thank everybody that you know reached out to me and tried and did participate in this podcast but do not fret we will do this again my friends i want to thank everybody once again for doing that thank you brendan for coming and joining me and thank you guys for listening to another episode of the quentin mayo podcast the wizards take on the dallas mavericks tomorrow night in dallas looking to get their first win in dallas since 2015 and their first home opener win in dallas since 2009 i believe so that'll be interesting make sure you follow me on twitter and instagram at real quentin mayo also make sure you subscribe to my youtube channel just type in quentin mayo on all these places and i'll pop up and until next time <clears throat> you know what time it is dc, DC family, family. i'm out of here